Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to this very special edition of Atlanta Business Radio. It's time for Customer Experience Radio, brought to you by our good friends at Heineken Company. Now here's your host, Jill Heineck. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Customer Experience Radio. I'm really excited to have here with us today, Katie Logan and Jen Melby with Piedmont Healthcare. Katie serves as the VP of Patient Experience for Piedmont, an 11 hospital not-for-profit health system serving nearly 2 million patients in Georgia where she is responsible for developing and executing Piedmont's experience strategy. She leads the practices and innovations that emphasize the consistent delivery of patient-centered care while transforming access, choice, and overall experience. And Jen Melby serves as the Director of Experience for Piedmont, and she leads the delivery and operationalization of innovations and programs focused on transforming access and overall experience for patients. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. you. Excited to be here. We're going to have to work on that description. (laughs) It's hard to say. And I had coffee, so I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's just me. (laughs) Well, I wanted to thank you again for joining us. And I want to really focus on the exciting part of uh, healthcare now focusing on the patient experience. And I think it's really intriguing that there is an actual dedicated team within the hospital to do this. So could you talk a little bit, Katie, about, you know, what inspired Piedmont to do this and, and wh- where, how long it's been in existence? Yeah, absolutely. So we're excited to be here and to be able to tell that story because it is something that is up and coming in healthcare, but we feel that Piedmont has really gotten out ahead of that um, more so in the industry. So let's see, thinking back, I've been in this role three years now, Um, came from marketing and physician outreach where we started thinking about the customer experience and the difference between the customer and patient Mm -hmm. and how people are shopping for healthcare and how that continues to transform as things become more transparent around cost and quality and high deductible plans. So we've been in this seat now, driving experience and thinking about how that's different Um, for Piedmont for a few years. And what led us to this point is really looking out to the market and saying, how are we going to differentiate ourselves? Mm -hmm. And what is it that we really want to be known for? Because high quality and safe care are table stakes. Mm -hmm. It's what patients expect and demand when they walk into one of our settings. But everything else around it is kind of a hassle. And there are opportunities to really improve that and do things differently. And so it was thrilling um, work to really think about it and start to strategize on what that means for not only Piedmont, but Atlanta Mm -hmm. and the communities that we serve now statewide. Um, And the commitment to put a team in place to really deliver on that has been a lot of fun, but a lot of hard work. Oh, I bet. So how many people are on your team? Let's see, we've got Jen as the the day-to-day lead and our director, and then we have a few dedicated program managers, and then we have a um, dotted line team of IT professionals as well. So all in all, it's about, what, 10 Mm -hmm. spending time on this every day, and that's grown. It didn't start at the beginning with 10 people. Mm -hmm. Um, It really started as me (laughs) showing up (laughs) at an office one day and saying, how are we going to execute on this work? 
and strategically and slowly but surely as the work has taken off and grown at scale, we've added resources. So John, talk a little bit about how you're executing. Um, Well, a lot of what we've started with our initial focus is really around um, how to make it easier for patients to access their first step of care, so getting into a a physician practice. So a lot of how we implement is working side-by-side with our physician organization, um, really just trying to figure out what are the hassles and the processes around getting an appointment, getting in the front door. Um, So a lot of it is just collaboration with our physicians, uh, with our IT folks, and um, the people who are on the other side of the phones as Mm -hmm. patients are calling in and asking questions, looking for appointments. Um, Yeah, so I think that's our first focus area. Um, As we've gotten underway with some big transformational things around letting people schedule their own appointments, now we're starting to tackle, all right, they got their appointment. How do we make it easier for patients to not have to fill out the same paperwork 10 times um, and not have to fill out 10 pages of paperwork? So I think we're moving further downstream into the practices and into the hospitals now. Yeah, and part of what what led us to starting there, right, early on we sat back and um, went through some pretty comprehensive mapping of the customer journey. When someone's Mm -hmm. searching for healthcare, what are they doing? Where are they going? What are those steps that they're taking to then they book the appointment, they show up in a waiting room, they have their clinical encounter, Mm -hmm. and then they get their bill. Mm -hmm. And everything between those two endpoints is really – the experience, right? It's the sum of all those interactions that really leave um, our customers and patients with that that taste in their mouth and uh, their willingness to come back mm-hmm. and come back to Piedmont. So that journey mapping really helped us think through where to start and that access piece and that appointment scheduling piece and even finding the right point of care um, was clearly out of the gate, huge pain point and something we needed to focus on. And so how has that what has the feedback been? Um, pretty good, mm-hmm. I think. It's What we've done is um, stand up a few different things. So looking at how you find a physician through our website or even Google, um, things like incorporating star ratings for physicians mm-hmm. that inform shoppers, if you will, mm-hmm. of who they're booking appointments with has really helped us there. And what we found is patients really love their physicians. Mm-hmm. It's just a pain in the butt to get in to see them. And so it became about how do we meet people where they are? And Mm -hmm. so the big online scheduling push has been one of those that opens up access and is surprising still to this day. So we're, what, 18 months in to offering online scheduling. We've got 600 providers up, 15 different specialties. And I still interact even with just friends and family. You know, I had a friend recently He said, I need to get in with the GI. I said, oh, go here. He has online scheduling. She was like, what? Mm -hmm. I can do it online? That's amazing. So there's still an education and a training of the consumer that's happening because it's unexpected in healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, But once people interact with it and use it, they're happy. It's easier. And they're coming back and then repeating that behavior of booking online. Mm So we've been watching really closely as a system um, the percentage of ambulatory appointments booked online, mm-hmm. and that's doubled in wow. since 
June, since July 1st, when we started tracking that metric pretty heartily. Wow. And so as we've brought more up, people start to figure it out. They don't have to call anymore. They can do it. A third of people booking are doing it between outside of office hours. Oh, yeah. So like, you know, 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. when you couldn't get someone on the phone. Mm-hmm. So it's really validating that we're meeting people where they are mm-hmm. um, and are able to serve them better on their terms. I really appreciate that. Every every s- service that I use, I pray that I can book yeah. online <laughs> when it's off hours. I don't have to talk to anybody, mm-hmm. but I want to know that I'm taken care of and I get the confirmation right. and that... And what I do love is when I do finally get um, am able to book online, I do get an email confirmation and then a phone confirmation, and know that I'm I'm it made it through. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the expectation now, right? right? We can do it with dining and mm-hmm. you know hotels right. and travel, and I, I don't I need to be able to do it when I finally sit down at night, right? Because right? I'm running professionally and then personally as a mom and. I think that's the expectation people have. And so now it's about continuing to deliver on that. Um, But as you move into more specialty care needs, not having to navigate the health system um, to find that right next point of care. Mm -hmm. So if I see a primary care and they tell me I need to go on to have a a mammogram Mm -hmm. or something and I'm nervous and I'm scared, we want to take the next step to help you book that appointment before you leave mm-hmm. and not have people leave with a piece of paper that then they have to go in order navigate the mm-hmm. health system and figure out where to find that service. So how does that work? <clears throat> today, mm-hmm. today you get the piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so we're so you're still working on that piece yes, of it. Yes, that's okay. kind of a, a next phase for us mm-hmm. um, is to create more of that self-service scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly, the scheduling at the time of checkout um, and opening up access between our providers and in practice locations to enable that to be more seamless for our patients. So we started at the front end of the journey with mm-hmm. just, you know, the basic, mm-hmm. you know, I need a primary care, I need a general cardiologist right. self-scheduling. Now we're continuing to move across that journey. So how are the physicians or the providers responding to it? Because I know um, and how... <laughs> The healthcare system in general can push back a little bit when it comes to digitizing (laughs) the process and making it a little easy for the actual patient. So what is your feedback there? What would you say, Jen? I think they've come along. I think Mm -hmm. initially there are more resistors than Mm -hmm. um, adopters. And I think one of the ways that we approached it is we just need to get this off the ground. Mm -hmm. And so bring a few physician champions with us Mm -hmm. to allow us to pilot. Um, And then we had some data and some proof points to say, people are adopting this. They're actually really eager to schedule their own appointments and do a little bit more self-service. And and they're showing up for their appointments. I think that was one of the big concerns is if you let patients do scheduling, for instance, on their own, um, they might not show up. They might not that be, they might not be that serious about it. Mm. Which I think is interesting mm-hmm. um, and something that we were readily able to disprove of, you know, we're, they're showing up in the same way if they called and scheduled with you, um, you know, by talking to your front desk coordinator. So I think just getting um, out the gate, getting some data, getting some proof points allowed us to say, no, patients, 
they're they're wanting it. Um, they're you're getting more patients through this. I think that was a good data point for us. Of, I think a third of our patients that were scheduling online had never been to Piedmont before. So it's an ability for us to actually reach new markets mm-hmm. just by having an easier way to access care. I think that's huge. And it's that shift of thinking that you know healthcare traditionally the doctor is there and you will come, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You need them. They have the subject matter expertise. Mm-hmm. And as the industry continues to shift to more retail options and more disruptors continue to enter the market, we've got CVS and, mm-hmm. you know, Amazon trying to solve all of our problems. <laughs> we have to be more nimble mm-hmm. and respond to that. And I think consumers back to the expectation the convenience, we were saying this yesterday, is, is currency. Mm-hmm. And that is what's going to ultimately shift someone, we think, into choosing our health system. And that mindset for physicians is slowly, I think, shifting and realizing that, okay, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. And there's benefits to doing this. And they stay busy seeing patients. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately, you know, they're calling what they want. Right. So we're trying to take it the hassle of the booking mm-hmm. and make it easier for them as well. How does that translate with the front desk, the the call coordinators? How does that translate with them? So they're there in case you press, you need to call and press zero mm-hmm. or are they also managing the online process? Uh, I think it's really helps streamline their day to day. Traditionally, if you go into physician practice and you see that person at the front desk, I mean, they're managing probably five different mm-hmm. things at the same time, having to, you know, tell the person who's standing in front of them to hold while they turn and answer the phone that won't stop ringing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think after um, implementing it and getting them comfortable, they have realized this is actually beneficial for me where I can provide better face-to-face service with the patients who are right there in front of me mm-hmm. without always being distracted by a phone call. Um, and if I need to reach out to somebody who's scheduled online, I can do that on my own time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's been some convenience added to their day-to-day as well, mm-hmm. which was our intent. I mean, I right. think this wasn't just something that we were going to force on our practices and the rest of the healthcare system all in the name of patient care. Like, there, there is a benefit to efficiencies and, and workflows by adding digital solutions, mm-hmm. um, like online scheduling is just one example. Yeah. I think it's to the point earlier that Jen made that, we have these dedicated resources and this team that helps lead the charge and, and drive the discussion and bring the tools in and work through all the stuff that has to happen. But it's with deep collaboration and partnership with other parts of the organization that actually makes it work. Mm-hmm. And the change management and cultural aspects of mm-hmm. putting a tactic like online scheduling in place, that's real, where the real work mm-hmm. begins. And I think why we are seeing a slower movement and adoption around these types of experience programs in our industry. Mm-hmm. Because there's big, giant systems. Where do you start? Right. Um, and the physicians and their preferences and how they run their practices, it becomes more about standardization and efficiencies, and those are tough conversations to have. But that's kind yeah. of the secret sauce to making any of this Um, come to life and work for the patient. So I think you've tackled like online booking is huge, right? So that's a big one. So what's a close second? (laughs) Hmm. 
I think another good example is our mobile app, mm-hmm. which builds upon the online mm-hmm. booking, um, but becomes another digital tool that enables us to have a different relationship with our customers and patients. The idea that you can have everything in the palm of your hand mm-hmm. to access Piedmont services, physicians, and even go on into physical wayfinding. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we did with the app was um, follow the blue dot technology at every hospital where it helps you get your driving directions, tells you where to park. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're anywhere near the Atlanta campus lately mm-hmm. with construction and a new tower going mm-hmm. up, um, you know, road closures and things like that, it can help notify you, save your parking spot and get you on your way. So we've done a lot around the Piedmont Now mobile app Mm -hmm. to take the hassle factor out, um, bring things like (laughs) online scheduling into another channel. So if you're someone that prefers to interact via mobile, you can now do that as well. You don't have to go to a website or look at a horrible website on your mobile (laughs) phone, right? And zoom and try and figure it out. Right. Um, And really just making it accessible. And so that's been a, a huge focus over the last year. I think that's another example of tools and programs that are making it easier for people to interact with the system. What um, What are you hearing from, how are you getting feedback from the patients? Is it after they visited the first time or are they, are you just sending out random surveys? How are you getting feedback from the actual patients? Yeah, so there's a few things that we look at. Um, With something like the app and online scheduling, we can get email feedback. You can submit reviews through the App Store, um, Mm -hmm. things like that. And for the most part, it's generally very positive. We get a lot of anecdotal Mm -hmm. feedback coming Mm -hmm. from the practices and operations and clinical Mm -hmm. folks sharing experiences. Um, But we do formally survey Um, through a tool after most visits in the inpatient setting or in the um, Mm -hmm. practice setting that helps us look at opportunities. Our ultimate measure of success with experience um, for us right now is net promoter score, Mm. which is used in a lot of other industries and is kind of slowly making its way into healthcare as well. Um, traditionally, we've looked at what we call our patient satisfaction surveys mm-hmm. through a vendor like Prescani or otherwise. A lot of government requirements around mm-hmm. the questions you ask and how you you know collect that information. And it can be meaningful, um, but it hits that one point of care, right. that one point on the customer journey. And we feel like Net Promoter Score helps us take a broader look at are they going to come back? Mm-hmm. Are they going to choose us again next time? Because we've done more around all of those interactions. Um, and our NPS is pretty favorable. Sounds like to me, it would be a no brainer. Yes. <laughs> I want to know where my car is when I come out. After, <laughs> like, you know, I've just had this conversation about probably something I don't want to talk about with the doctor yeah. and I don't want to have to think about where my car is. <laughs> so you don't, and you know. <laughs> we walk the halls every day and, uh, you know, I like having our offices on the campus, right. Mm-hmm. With the hospital and with the patient's room in the halls and the clinician's room in the halls, because that's what we're solving for. Mm -hmm. Um, But that also means you get the lost looks Mm -hmm. and people wandering and Mm -hmm. looking at the signage, trying to figure out where to go. And so that's an example of those pain points that really came forward in our early planning and and journey mapping that, all right, we got to do something about that. Mm -hmm. But 
like with anything, the trick is driving adoption right. and coming back to that point of educating the consumer that right. this tool is out there for them. Right. Um, and so that's, will you know, downloading a healthcare app, maybe you have one or two appointments a year if you're mm-hmm. well. Right. If you're, you know, sicker and have more Mm -hmm. needs, you might interact more. How do we make it sticky and useful? Right. And so I think for us next, it becomes about more personalization. Mm -hmm. So right now, anyone can use the app. You don't have to log in. Mm -hmm. It's low barrier. Mm -hmm. That was done intentionally. Right. Um, Up next is how can we bring, you know, Jill's information forward and have less clicks and less punches for you to get out somewhere else. And so much that's what we're starting to explore. <laughs> <laughs> that is much appreciated. So talk to me a little bit about how this is comparing, Piedmont's comparing to other hospital systems in the U.S. Mm. when it comes to patient experience. You want to take that one? <laughs> sure. I mean, I think we... Um, we get to interact with a lot of other health systems at conferences and things. And more often than not, people are asking us questions of how we've been able to deploy what we have at the speed at which we've deployed. Um, And so I think with our unique focus has been from a patient experience perspective. And I think meeting a lot of other systems, they're trying to do it out of different departments. Mm -hmm. And so it Mm -hmm. just affects um, how they're able to deploy something like this, right. like they're they're doing it out of an access center shop, or mm-hmm. they're trying to do it out of a an operations role, and so I think this gives us the brevity and scope mm-hmm. around. We've got a very large commitment to the patient experience. We have a dedicated team. Um, we've got buy-in throughout the organization. I think Katie spent the first year, two yeah. years, just going around and talking to people and mm-hmm. getting them to understand what we're trying to do. So by the time that we were there knocking on people's doors to say, hey, we're ready to implement, I mean, I think we had already laid the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's kind of set us apart and mm-hmm. kind of set us, uh, given us a leg ahead on a lot of other systems. Yeah. Um, I think we're starting to see more and more adoption of roles like chief experience officer. Mm-hmm. Um but from my point of view, it's still very um, old school mm-hmm. way of thinking about patient satisfaction in the care setting and more and more starting to look outside to those other touch points and interactions. And I think that's exciting. And we like having the conversations with the other health systems and willing to share because um, it helps everybody. Right. And and this is what we need to do if we're going to really make healthcare more accessible and more affordable and ultimately better for each other. It's a human business. Exactly. You know? Um, And so that's one of the nice things about our industry is it's pretty collaborative and helpful Mm -hmm. as long as it's not one of our competitors right across the street, right? (laughs) We're willing to have a conversation and share what we're doing, how we think about it. But it is not one size fits all either. Every market's different. They have different... um, patient kind of mix and demographics Mm -hmm. and uh, different contracts with payers and the government and how, you know, we can serve our patients. And so it's like, what flavor of the Kool-Aid are you mixing? Mm -hmm. But as long as you're drinking the Kool-Aid, we're all moving in the right direction together. Um, So it's fun and it's neat to see more and more kind of picking up and um, trying to figure it out. And if we can help them, deliver it in a more accelerated fashion based on some of the learnings and and journey we've taken. I think that's kind of 
unique and special for us. And it gives me satisfaction mm-hmm. professionally, you know, Absolutely. just thinking about that. Absolutely. So are you doing any kind of kind of um, collaborative work with other markets or um, where they're, I know they're asking you when they meet you at a conference, you know, what you're doing and how you're doing it. But is there any other collaborative kind of masterminding going on with other markets around the country in, in mm-hmm. terms of the patient experience? That's a good idea. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think so really, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think where we do that the most is more around uh, the digital tools specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, six or seven health systems were all deploying the same kind of technology and functionality driving towards something like the mobile app and wayfinding mm-hmm. or, you know, improving the the billing statements. We uh, participate in cohorts and groups to talk about how and lessons learned and best practices and that sort of thing. But right now it's mostly focused on, I'd say, the the specific tactics and solutions. Okay. Um, which is, is unique in itself because... I would say, and I don't know if Jen would agree, our our industry is so um, tied and beholden to the EHR mm-hmm. technology and the electronic health record systems. Mm-hmm. And they're huge investments and they, they drive huge value and make things better for everyone. But they're not you know, the exact technical solution we need to deliver on innovative programs. Right. And so we're constantly trying to navigate What's that technology stack look like? What do those integration points look like? And a lot of it's uncharted territory, right. trying to get the EHR to work and collaborate and, and move forward with us. And so that's another area, I think, across the country that we can um, be better partners to each other on how to change that conversation. So talk to let's talk a little bit about patient experience versus customer service mm. and um, how we, how you guys are differentiating in that respect. I know we've talked about digitizing and doing the online booking and what, as a patient myself, I know that it is, I want to have an experience like you've been talking about from point A to point Z, whatever, and all that in the middle. Um, but so many systems are focused on how to react to the, to the patient and instead of you know, kind of anticipate what the patient is going to need beforehand. So it sounds like you're on that path to anticipation. So when you're talking to a patient or a group about patient experience, what is your response to conflict resolution and Mm -hmm. customer service? And how does that play into your goals in that journey? I mean, they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. You can't do one without the other. Um, I think sort of philosophically, I would say when we mapped all this out, we really gave thought to both areas, more of the programmatic hassle-free piece of connecting the journey and anticipating needs, using technology to enable those relationships. And those are a few of our principles. And then we also think about um, how we can create uplifting moments and better lead with human And that starts to get more into the conversation about the service Mm -hmm. aspect. So we've started most of our work in that front end, right? Mm Hassle-free, anticipating their needs. Because for the most part, what our survey data tells us when someone's in that care setting, it's pretty favorable and it's pretty positive and they're having good um, interactions. 
And there are folks, you know, at each local hospital or each local practice who are um, accountable in helping to close the loop on issue resolution and things like that. But we know it's not perfect. And as we've grown as a health system, so we've doubled in size quite literally in the last five years. Mm -hmm. From number of hospitals to patient serves to employees to revenues, it's it's about double. And so now 11 hospitals statewide, there's some inconsistencies Mm -hmm. in service and in more so I'd say the cultural aspects behind that. And so, Which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so for us, that's where we're eager to get to mm-hmm. more of that conversation and how it starts to now um, deliver on these promises we've made and these delightful moments of interaction we've right. created before they even arrive. And so we're starting to give some more thought into what does that customer service program look like? Mm-hmm. How can we take learnings from other industries that are doing it well mm-hmm. and really kind of shake things up? Maybe it's not ever centralized and run out of our shop, but the way we're looking at it is can we help um, design some of the principles and guardrails and expectations mm-hmm. that then can be localized, right. you know, because the market's different in Columbus mm-hmm. than it is in Mountainside. Right. And we need to be able to have those personal interactions and that personalization is key. And the expectations are going to be different in each market, mm-hmm. right? That's right? So what I get in Atlanta is definitely going to be different than what I get in Columbus, but my expectations have been set. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So I don't know, would you add anything to that from a service perspective? Only that I agree with you and that I don't think, I mean, I think the service needs to stay local. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in the, I, I Chick-fil-A is always the great example yeah. of how they do this. I mean, it's it's kind of it's a franchise model. And I could mm-hmm. see that working well with us where we define the principles, but mm-hmm. still let it be deployed locally through local ownership because um, that it's that personal relationship. And that can't come from, you know, a cookie cutter thing that's sent from corporate on high. And so I think that's kind of some of the challenges that we have to yeah. start thinking through is. How, how do we do that well and how do we make it natural and how do we really get the employee engagement because um, it truly is a cultural shift at the end of the day. We like to use that Chick-fil-A example um, when we talk about this internally because even though it is a franchise mo- model and delivered locally, there's those consistent threads of you say thank you, they say my pleasure. Right. The way we kind of talk about it is what's our version of my pleasure? Mm-hmm. If we could all kind of rally around those touch points and interactions, does it elevate who we are to the patient and ultimately, you know, create more of that brand loyalty? It makes a huge difference, mm-hmm. I think. And, um, you know, if you go into any Ritz-Colton, they say, welcome, mm-hmm. good morning, my pleasure. Right. How can we serve you? How can I make this better for you? And I think in the healthcare setting, that would be eons above. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else. Yeah. Starting in that that because I know when I go into a waiting room or I go to check in, the front desk isn't feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's just the way it is. I mean, and and that comes and that they look up. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's also content. that's what you're talking about, though. You're having to go in and get all the buy-in, and that's from the top all the way to the front desk. That's right. And it takes a long time to get there, but that is going to make waves in patient experience when you walk in and 
you check in with a smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, one of the things we've looked at when, cause we do that, we use Ritz, we use Chick-fil-A. They hire for that. Right. From the beginning. Right. Um, and that is something that takes time to reset mm-hmm. in a different way of qualifying candidates and interviewing people for these jobs. Mm-hmm. And as digital tools start to the point earlier, create more efficiencies and automate some of the transactions, I think that becomes our opportunity to spend more time on the people part and the interactions. And that's a reset in how we think culturally and hire. Because you can't train that. Not you can everybody train can't on, be trained on right? that. So that's you can right. train digitally. You can train people how to use your tools and how to integrate them into their day to day. But you can't train somebody's demeanor. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You have to be a special person, A, to be in the front lines. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then obviously everywhere else. But that is a specialty, I would say. It is. And it's one of the things we identified early in our, our list of tactics. We called it hire for fit mm-hmm. um, or new trial hire period. New hire trial period mm-hmm. is what we called it. And partnered then with, HR, Mm -hmm. and they started to develop a program that now we call Hire for Fit. Mm -hmm. And it is looking at more of those expectations in service, you know, team dynamics, et cetera, more than just the, can you do the task at hand? Because you can't train on those pieces. You can't train people to be nice. Right. So we've seen some um, movement in that, but to your point, it takes time. And then all that growth through acquisition where new people and new cultures are becoming a part of Piedmont, how do we um, look at that enterprise-wide? That's our opportunity. So does Piedmont have like a patient onboarding program or a patient, like, you know, when you're a new patient, what what are you doing that actual visualization of the journey when you become a patient at Piedmont? No, I'd Not say yet. we don't. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, my hope, our hope is that some of these pieces start to fit together that create that, mm-hmm. um, in some of the tools around hassle-free paperwork and mm-hmm. setting expectations up front, um, start to give us more of a foundation of that. We look to our friends like at Mayo and Cleveland Clinic, mm-hmm. for example, um, super, you know, mm-hmm. destination people travel mm-hmm. for specialty care and they're doing some things really well with itineraries and expectations and how they communicate that. And so you know everything about, you know, where you fit in the process and, mm-hmm. and what that means to you as a patient. That's big. It is big. Mm-hmm. And we we don't do that well today. Mm-hmm. And I think these pieces that we are working through start to give us a foundation um, to be able to even print an itinerary, right. right. And to know what your agenda looks like while you're with us for your heart treatment or cancer treatment or whatever it might be. That would be huge. And me, I, as a cancer patient, that would have been huge for me. Yeah. Um, obviously there are essentially no hospitals doing that at this time, but I think that as, you know, unfortunately there's more of us, Um, that would have been really helpful to know and to kind of go, okay, well, this is what your journey is going to look like. And this is what your itinerary looks like on the first visit, second visit, third visit. And that would create the experience that, you know, I don't want to be doing this, but at least I know what's coming. Yeah. And, and the interactions with the, when the interactions would be with the physicians, et cetera. Absolutely. I think the closest we are to that, which is, is good. Um, our valve center, so our Mm -hmm. Marcus heart valve center Mm -hmm. has done more of that in how it was created, 
and expected to deliver more on that differentiated, personalized um, sort of journey for people. So scheduling your appointments on the same day when you need multiple opinions, um, what's your itinerary, where do you show up? We've done a really good job in in that one specialty area of starting to deliver on some of that. And Mm -hmm. so now it becomes how do you scale that? And It's a big task. It (laughs) is, and it's complicated – by the fact that um, physicians are affiliated with Piedmont but own and operate their own practices and our ability to influence all that becomes a little bit more complicated. Doesn't mean we shouldn't and doesn't mean we aren't trying. Um, So it's not a franchise model, but they're associated, they're associates, right? right? And they have certain things to adhere to Mm -hmm. from, you know, from a Piedmont perspective, but Inevitably, they're running their own business. That's right. right. The right. day-to-day operations practice. are theirs. Right. Um, but we, as they join what we call the Piedmont Clinic and become affiliates of the health system, um, we're really focused on are they meeting the quality and high, safe, reliable care mm-hmm. as as being a part of that Piedmont network. And now with this work, it starts to give us an opportunity to expand into those other touch points. So are either of you patients of Piedmont? Of course. Yes. <laughs> and have both your... my babies at Piedmont. Okay. So you've had that experience. Uh-huh. And there's a reason why I stay in this job. <laughs> there's so much opportunity. So when you had your kids, was the digital the digital piece no. there yet? Mm-mm. Okay. None of it was there. Um it's complicated by the fact that my OBGYN was an affiliate physician, mm. but not quote employed mm-hmm. by Piedmont. Um the registration process was confusing. Mm-hmm. Where I showed up mm-hmm. to deliver my baby was confusing. Mm. And this was, you know, my first child almost eight years ago. So we've come a long way in that. And yeah. I think it's it is that constant reminder of why we're doing what mm-hmm. we're doing. Um, like I mentioned earlier, walk in the halls, but then when you become a patient, or just my husband the other day trying to book an appointment. Because he had a sinus infection. I'm sorry if he's listening, but he had a sinus <laughs> infection. And he's like, I need to go to the ENT. I'm like, no, you don't. You just need to go to quick care mm-hmm. and get checked out. Mm-hmm. But there's so much confusion about where, where to, go to go and how to access. And mm-hmm. so it's that we're trying to make it easier, but we have to educate people along the way. And, and then will big. the people go to where you are educating like how are they how are you going to get that information to them unless they're looking for it right and sometimes you need to know that before you're actually sick yes (laughs) yep you do and then it depends on your insurance and your deductible and your willingness to pay and what that looks like so it's it's a lot of moving parts it is and so you know while we like to compare ourselves to other industries it's not that you know, one-to-one transaction no. every time. Um, that's the same every time. Right. It it depends. And I hate to say that, but it's, it's not like going on the Amazon app and you're right. just like checking out and right. like, what's that experience like? Right. Yeah. And then they start offering you, you know, other things based on your buying behavior. If we did that in healthcare, we'd be <laughs> creepy, mm-hmm. right? And well, you'd I be offended. I, I was going to say, is like, <laughs> there a HIPAA rule against that? Or of like, course there is. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the fine line we right. walk of, you know, the consumer expectation in the delivery of healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's a very fine line when we start comparing ourselves to the Amazons and how much are but people willing to give. But the wants that. 
Right? They so, do, but not quite that much yet is it's a little what too we're big brother. seeing. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, uh, I think about telehealth mm-hmm. as an example mm-hmm. of that. The consumer wants it. You want convenience. You want to just be able to get a doctor any time of night mm-hmm. and have the conversation. Adoption for us and adoption across the country is pretty low. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have Piedmont on call and you can open up the app or on your computer cash visit any time of day, get seen by a physician. And the utilization and adoption has been very, very slow. Because there's like this this barrier that patients can't quite overcome yet of, what do you mean I'm not going to be physically in a room with a doctor and they're not going to like lay their hands on me and Mm -hmm. evaluate me? That's still a little... You're just going to answer a battery of questions mm-hmm. and they're going to try to help you. Right. And they can see you on a video the, screen. In the short term. <clears throat> right. Right. So I think that's a good example of mm-hmm. where we we as consumers say we want it, mm-hmm. but then when the offerings are there, we're eh, not quite yet. Not yeah. quite yet. There's still that trust and um, relationship with the provider mm-hmm. at the core of healthcare. Do you, either one of you, have um, a kind of wow experience that you've heard about or received from a patient and in regard to, you know, what you've been been deploying in terms of the programs you've been deploying lately, anything off the top of your head that you want to share with our listeners? I mean, outside of the, that was so easy, that was Mm -hmm. so convenient booking. um, We've seen some, we've, as part of this work, excuse me, I've got a little cold. As part of this work, um, we made some improvements to our billing statements mm-hmm. as well to make it easier for people to read. <laughs> um, imagine that. <laughs> that was my favorite one, actually, in the, the work we did to come up with all this. Every focus group we had, we spent 10 minutes talking about the billing experience mm-hmm. and insurance and how greedy the hospitals are <laughs> before we could ever get to, what could we do to make it better? Mm-hmm. What do you think about this idea? So anyway, we um, have done some work and, and partnered with a different provider to improve our statements, make it easier to read, but more importantly, make it easier to pay through a portal that's mm-hmm. quick, easy. You enter your code, you click, you pay, you're on your way. But we've also rounded out um, that offering with uh, payment plan mm-hmm. options, mm-hmm. self-service, mm-hmm and ways to interact with the health system. So we're starting to see a lot of positive feedback and improvements in how people interact with us on that back end of the journey mm-hmm. as well that are coming across as more wow moments for me because no one says wow about paying a bill. Right. Right. But when you start reading feedback and you're getting five star smiley faces, you know, as you're rating for the billing experience, I'd say we've done something right. That's huge. It is. It is because no one feels good about paying a bill. I don't want to sit down and I can go through that. No, and that kind but of but they're giving us that feedback. Amex is doing that where you can pay your little portions of your bill, mm-hmm. and it's automated, you yeah. know, through the app. So yes. it's taking after that concept where people feel like they're in control. Yes. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me from what you just said is when I feel like I'm in control of my healthcare in all aspects, that's when the experience is good. Yeah. Right. I think that's a really good way to say it. And a good reminder for us as we continue to execute this work, it is about that. Because most patients feel like they're at the mercy 
of the system because that's just the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. And I what I what I'm hearing from you is that you're breaking away from that mold and modernizing the experience. Yes. And really helping people feel like feel good about it and you're partnering with them in their journey rather than dictating their journey. Yes. I think one good example of that is we've also enabled some functionality where if you're trying to schedule an appointment and the next available six months out, we're letting you get yourself on a wait list. And if something comes up available sooner, you'll send you a notification. You can log in if you have your, our patient portal and schedule it for a, a more uh, sooner appointment time. And so we've seen improvements like 90 days where yeah. we've, we've been able to pull patients in sooner. And so imagine that from a patient perspective, Love it. they're no longer nervous and anxious about the fact that they have to wait 90 days. It is in their control because yeah. now they can say, Oh, something came up. Does it fit my schedule? Am I able to make it? They can choose it themselves. So they're no longer at the mercy of the very bu- busy physician schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And there's I, clinical I clinical uh, ramifications of that too. I mean, it's better quality of care, getting people seen sooner. Um, Especially yeah. if there's a question about what is this that I have? Right. <laughs> I don't really don't want to wait 90 no. days. No. <laughs> I mean, 90 minutes is long. Right. So. Yes. <laughs> and that's why, you know, we're trying to continue to grow this at scale and now get into more of the ancillary services like imaging and that sort of thing. I mean, my personal experience having to go get this mammogram, I'm terrified and I'm told I can't get an appointment for three weeks. So, you know, being in the system, I'm calling people. I'm like, is there anything you can do? So we just want to create more transparency um, on how that works and make it accessible for people. I love that. So tell our listeners um, where we can find where we can, what, what's the best way to, to get, to maybe download the app or oh, find sure. more information? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So you can visit Piedmont.org and do all the online scheduling interactions that you want. Um, you could also text radio to 61653 to download the Piedmont Now app. So Excellent. it's a code that'll shoot you a link um, to your appropriate app store and help you get it on your phone. So that'd be awesome. Fantastic. Well, Thank you both so much for joining us today. I think it's very enlightening um, for the patient experience. That's something that we, we're embarking on now. So I appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to share.